Welcome to episode nine of 1530. This episode, we're going to be covering the exciting season of 2019, which Grand Slams are up for grabs, and if the Young Guns are ever going to break through. So we'll be discussing that and and the very exciting season of 2019. If Federer and Nadal going to keep winning, the return of Djokovic, who knows? My name is Ben Olvera. I'm Matt Smith. We're just two guys on opposite sides of America, two big tennis fans. Awesome. So we have the stat of the day. This, uh, this week's stat of the day is focusing on the first serve percentage, specifically with the top 10 um, in the ATP. So on breakpoint, they averaged, or excuse me, the, the overall first serve percentage was around 63.5% on their first serves in 2018. But when the pressure kind of built and they were at a breakpoint, the top 10 only managed to make 60% of their break points. So about a 3.2 percentage point drop. The only two players that were kind of exempt from this trend in the top 10 were Nadal and Chilich. Um, Nadal made 65.8% of his first serves in the season and actually elevated that during break points to 69.8%. Chilich was the only other player who posted a gain. It's a lot more negligible. It's only about 0.6% increase. So moral of the story you're on break point and you're serving and you're Nadal, that's not necessarily a bad place for you to be in to a lesser extent Chilich. So those guys are pretty clutch and you saw that throughout 2018. Um, so like I said, we're, we're going to go through kind of recapping a little bit of 2018, what happened and also what do we have to look forward to and kind of make some predictions. So also to talk about the breakthrough players, we wanted to talk about cover the most upsets that were scored in 2018 the most upsets were all three were young guns. One was Dan, Daniil Medvedev, the Russian. He had 19 upsets. Tsitsipas closely behind him with 18. And Alex Damanor, the Australian, with 17. So these young players, we always talk about them, but they are knocking at the door and scoring many upsets. So let's just go ahead and open it up, Matt. Who are, who are going to be winning Grand Slams in 2019? Oh, hopefully not at all. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Maybe the French. No, I don't know. I think um, I think this might be the year. It might be the year that the Big Four kind of finally fall apart. I think Joke had a good comeback this year, and he'll definitely be a force, but I think there's going to be a lot more competition. Of course, we've said that, what, every year now for the last decade, but I think this might actually be the year that something actually happens. So. Yeah, I agree. I could see, You can start to see some uh, some cracks in the armor with the Big Four, like you're saying. Even though Djokovic is good, all, all it takes is for him, you know, just to get upset. And then I think the tournaments become kind of wide open. Uh, Federer was good the first half of the year. Second half of the year, he was kind of invisible. Um, Nadal struggled with injuries. Uh, besides the French, wasn't that much of a factor in the slams, unfortunately. He made it far, but lost in the semis in both Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. Um, so for me, I'll go ahead and be bold and, and jump out here some numbers. So I'm gonna just going to assume this is best case for Djokovic. But I think with him being the favorite, I can even give him two slams. And that's quite a bit of slams, obviously, because like we said, just one upset and maybe that goes down to one. I'll give Federer maybe a half a slam. I know that's weird to put it in halves, but he's, he's usually always one of the favorites going into Wimbledon. Um, but of course, the health has to be there. And obviously, he's probably going to need a good draw. He also has been the Australian Open defending champ past two years in a row. So we'll see if he can do that. Um, usually... 
the Australian Open has has been won by the big four just because you you're able to be fresh. Um, they're injury free, and so they're usually very focused. So usually the the top guys, the favorites, end up winning the Aussie. It's the slams later in the season where it's hard to maintain the level. So I'll give Fed a half of a slam. I'll give Nadal like 0.8 slams because the French is basically his baby. He's going to win the French. But if he doesn't win the French, I think it's pretty wide open. I don't think it's necessarily a given for Djokovic. I think more team or maybe some of the other young guns. So I think, like you're saying, we can start to see the cracks in the armor. We don't have a strong Vavrinka right now. And he's been the other one besides the big four um, snatching up slams. And Murray, we haven't seen him. Be very good. We'll see. I mean, Australian Open will give us a good insight, but I keep saying, I think we could see somebody else win a slam this year besides the big four. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, I think between Rafa and Fed, just to jump in real fast on those numbers, uh, you look at Rafa obviously being dominant on clay and Fed dominant on grass, but of that dominance, I think Rafa has a greater dominance in uh, France than, than Federer in England. Um, just the as far as competition goes and things, I think that'll be interesting to see. I also think you're right. Uh, injuries are going to play another factor this year. And uh, I think they're going to hit everybody. Even Djokovic, it'll be interesting to see what they all decided to play and not play. I think that, that'll change up a lot of the possibilities here in the, in the four slams this year. Right. Yeah, because I mean, Federer still hasn't said if he's going to win or you know even try to go in the clay season. Not that he'd be the favorite in the French, anyways. But right. yeah, I agree. Uh, the big four are going to have to start picking and choosing tournaments if they want to extend their their careers. And we've already started to see that with Murray, obviously being injured. Federer. Um, we'll see if Nadal and Djokovic follow suit. So now to get more specific, we kind of mentioned a little bit, but which slams are the most wide open? If you had to say, put money, okay. This Grand Slam, someone else besides the Big Four is going to win it. Which slams do you think are the most wide open and why? Yeah, I mean, I think we've touched on this a little bit, but I would definitely say the U.S. Open, right? At, at that point, Rafa has bowed out, what, I think the last two years. Um, is always struggling with injuries at that point. Everybody's a little bit more tired. And so it lets these kids that have a little more stamina, these Zverev team, Dimonor, uh, Kachanov, all these kids – to maybe break through because everybody else is too old, <laughs> so they're too tired. So uh, I, I think of all of them, U.S. Open is probably the biggest chance. Yep, I, I agree uh, with one exception, though. I think if, it, if it's going to be a young gun winning and they're going to win a slam in 2019, I think it's going to be the French um, because, like I said, if Nadal goes down, it's pretty much wide open, and you have a lot of these young players' team has been exceptional on clay. Um, even Zverev has won um, some Masters 1000s on clay. So I think I think that one becomes wide open. I don't think Djokovic is the favorite. And also the big thing is the serves. I know sometimes the young players, they just don't quite have the game that they need to compete, even against a Chilich or an Isner or an Anderson. Now, we've seen Anderson. He's made Wimbledon final, a U.S. Open final. He's been knocking on the door. And so I think I agree U.S. Open is – probably more wide open, but I, I think that favors more the over 30 crowd that's non-Big Four. Like I said, the Chilich, the Delpos, the people who have been making finals at the U.S. Open the past couple of years. They haven't won it, but they've been close. Um, as great as it would be for a young gun to win the U.S. Open, they're going to have to really break these big servers, and they haven't shown they can do they can do that. But I think if you want to bet on a player under 21, under 
under 24, I guess, because team would be a big favorite. I would I would go with the French. Um, and then also just a note on Wimbledon, we got to attack the Aussie Open being tougher to win. Djokovic has ruled there and Federer to a lesser extent now. Uh, but Wimbledon, same thing. It's it's either, it's either usually been Federer or Djokovic winning Wimbledon. The rallies are shorter. You need that smart serving. It kind of favors the veterans. Um, kind of similar to the US Open, why I think the older crowd is going to go further there. Um, it doesn't really scream upset, though big servers can go far. So it means Verev, if he elevates his game, he can go far. But usually, like I said, it's Anderson, Chilich. But I, I personally think Federer or Djokovic will win it this year if I had to pick if they're healthy. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see because uh, didn't uh, Zverev pick up Lindel? I feel like he's he's he got did. that old school feel. So it would be good. And I know he's been working on his serve and volleying. Yes. So that'll be interesting to see if uh, if Alex can can uh, put some competition into uh, Wimbledon to say, hey, look, I've got some experience here now and some practice, and maybe he can pick up that style and compete as well. Right. Right. And then just to the point about that there's other hungry guys like these Chilich, Delpo. If you look at the four slams in 2018, I'm, of course, I'm using past results to predict future events. Not always the best thing, but just, just go with me here. So out of all the finalists, so we know who won the slams, right? It was Federer, Australian, Nadal, French, and then Joke cleaned up the rest of the year with Wimbledon U.S. Open. But who did they face in the finals, right? Who, did, who was it that was last standing besides the big four? It was Chilich in Australia. It was Dominic Team in 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 Paris and then in Wimbledon it was Anderson of course a hobbled Anderson because of that amazing semifinal against uh, John Isner and then Del Potro in the U.S. Open so three out of the four finalists were these older over 30 really really big serving really big games only team was one of the only he was the only young gun to make a make a final so that's the other part of it right even to get into a final to make a final is pretty tough and you have the nerves at your maiden slam final. I think these guys who have had experience going to finals, they're more likely to win in 2019 than the young guns. I agree we will see more young guns in semifinals going deeper into slams. But I do think it's just going to be hard. The big four is still not completely gone. And then you have these other guys who, are been, who are, have been knocking at the door. And they've won yeah. slams before, right? Chilch has won one. Delpo's won one. Anderson, not quite, but they're, they're there. Yeah, no, that's a good point, and you're obviously right. I'm, the veterans have shown that they've got a little bit more steel when it comes to going deep and, and holding things together. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I still think that, yeah, like you said, you're going to see more deeper runs. I think that this year of all the years, there's probably a better chance of a young gun finally breaking through than any others we've seen. So. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I just think these veterans are finally getting to a point where they're like, well, <laughs> we've reached the point, the farthest point that we can reach. I mean, Anderson has found a way in the last year and two to really up his game. I mean, he's been playing incredible, but I think there finally comes a point where they're like, well, I finally hit my max. Now there's only one way to go from there. And I think these young guns are still just tapping into their potential. So it'll okay. be interesting. So based on that, who do you think is more likely to just go on record? Who's more likely to win a slam in 2019? The Young Guns, I'll give some names here. Sasha Verev, as we've been talking about. Tsitsipas, Alex de Menor, Dominic Thiem, Korit, uh, Chorich, excuse me, Hatchinoff. Those are Young Guns. Or the non-Big Four over 30, like I've been saying. Chilich, Anderson, Isner, Delpo, maybe even a Stan if you throw him in there. Who, who do you think is more likely? 
I got to stick with the young guns. I think All this right. is their year. I think it's happening. All right. The young guns. You've heard it from Matt. 2019 young guns likely to win. on. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the, the veterans over 30. I still feel like Chilich might have another slam in them, maybe a Delpo. And obviously it'd be cool to see Anderson or Isner to win their maiden slam. Um, and I already gave those reasons why they, that they were finalists. Okay. So transition a little bit. Nick Kyrgios has been the enigma of the tennis game, right? He has the most <laughs> talent. Some would say John uh, McEnroe recently said he has more talent than Nadal and Federer. Some ways, maybe that's true. Some ways not, but he really hasn't been able to, but you know, he's upset many, many of these players. He seems like he has the game to play against the top guys. He has a two, two to zero head to head against Djokovic, two to three against Nadal, uh, one to three against Federer. So he, he clearly brings the game when he has to, but he doesn't really go deep into majors and he seems like he loses those everyday matches or he's injured is the other thing. So factor fiction Nick Kyrgios is finished. We're not going to see Nick Kyrgios do any better than he's done. Fact. What do you think? Okay. Yeah, undoubtedly a fact. It, it, it's, it comes down to a work ethic, right? I mean, these people are playing at such a level that if you do not have an ethic, you are not going to do You're not going to compete. And I don't think that he does that. I think the major part of the reason that he's always injured is because he doesn't put the time in. And uh, I... At the end of the day, he just doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't, and that's why he can't get past the the most basic games. Sure, he'll get up for the big four or big, get up for a big game, but he doesn't get to those points because he can't he can't take care of the normal everyday business. I think he's done. Okay, I'm gonna go fiction on that, but I don't think you're far off. I still think when he's healthy, he's a he's a great player, and maybe he will actually follow through and get a coach like he says he will. <laughs> that will help him to whip into shape. I agree, though. The work ethic needs to be there. Some of the showboating is fun, but the shot selection sometimes just isn't there. You, you do tweeners that get that get put away instead of going for the smart shot. He's had so many big upsets. I feel like there's potential there, but I agree the window's closing. If he's going to do something, and I and I don't know if it's winning a slam anymore, like people have said, but maybe just winning a Masters 1000 or going deep into slams because these other young guns who are younger than him you know, basically, he's not the only super talent anymore, right? He and and he's not young anymore. I, you know, I remember when he upset Nadal Wimbledon in 2014. That's when he was young, 18. You know, now he's 23, which in tennis, that's starting to be the point where you should have things figured out because your peak is probably coming soon if you're not a Nadal, Federer, etc. So, I don't think his window's gone, but it's closing very quickly. Hmm. Okay, fact or fiction? Sasha Zverev is the best shot for a young gun to win a slam in 2019. Uh, I got to go with fact again on that one. Yep. I, he's coming off that world, world Tour final win. I think he's going to ride that with his new coach into uh, some serious success. You already heard me talk about how I think yeah. the young guns have a chance this year. I think the hopes ride on Zverev. <laughs> <laughs> he's, the, he's the flag bearer, the standard bearer there. And so... Uh, yeah, when I say the young guns, I mean, I think that he, of anybody in that age group, has has a chance to win. Um, if he doesn't, then I don't think anybody else really does in that, yeah. that age group. I'll go, I'll go faction on it, the little in-between. Faction. <laughs> faction. So <laughs> I, I agree. I on every one of these. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I haven't been. No, so here, here with, with Sasha, he really has had the most results, right? He has three Masters 1000s to his name. He's beaten impressive people. Nadal, um, 
Djokovic, he's beating he's beating these top guys and won World Tour Finals, right? That is amazing in and of itself. That's that's right. That's higher than a Masters 1000, not quite a slam. He beat Federer and Djokovic in route. You can't get better than that, right? He has Murray's ex-super coach, like you said, Lendl. And Lendl seemed to really help him in the World Tour Finals. He was serving incredibly. Um, and he seems to be doing better on the mental side of his game. But the problem is he just hasn't gone deep in slams yet, right? He's He hasn't made a semifinal yet. And I agree. I think that'll change this year. But to put all the young guns' hopes on someone who hasn't gone very deep in a slam, I don't think is necessarily that wise. I feel like even Tsitsipas going to the fourth round of Wimbledon, now it's one of the first slams that he's done. he's gone to, he went pretty deep already. So I feel like maybe maybe he'll go further. So like I said, I like Zverev as a talent. I feel like he's he's ready to break through in a slam. But same thing kind of with even with the curious on the lesser extent. Some of those matches that he should be winning, they go five sets and then he's tired the next match. And then he loses the and you're like, how did he lose this match? He wasn't supposed to lose against this guy. So I think we're gonna have to see the mental focus. And I think there's a lot of other players besides Zverev that can get it done. But I do agree he's probably the best shot. Those are good points. Um, okay, so I think we've already kind of said this. Um, I'll go ahead and go on the record again, though. The young guns go slamless again in 2019. I'm going to go fact on that one. It's just hard because there's not enough slams to go around. Djokovic is going to get two, probably at least one. Like I said, Nadal gets probably one rounded up, fed maybe one, maybe a half. Um, that leaves maybe one slam up for grabs. And like I said, I think that goes to the over 30 club, like I've been saying. Uh, but we'll see if we get multiple young guns to make finals of the slams. That's, I think, for me, is going to be a benchmark goal for them. They only had one guy last year be a finalist. Let's get that to two or three. And then we'll see them literally knocking on the door, trying to take these slams from these guys. But the big four, they're still hungry, man. That's that's the reality. They're not going to give up without a fight, obviously, and unless they're injured or just come out and have a really bad game. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Those are good. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I think the non-big, the veterans, the non-big four veterans, I think they're all they're they're all big serves. You look at Isner, you look at Chilich, you look at Anderson. They base their game on the serve. I think that these kids are getting uh, better at returning, and I don't know. I think it. I think it's their year. I'll, I'll go back okay. to my all right my fact on that one. I'll give you. I'll I'll, I'll give fiction, you one piece rather, of fiction ammo. for it being slimmest. Yeah, I got you. Fiction. So I'll give you one piece of ammo. Cici Pass. He was a great example of, of that as well. So one of my favorite moments of the 2018 season was when Cici Pass went to Canada. Didn't have a ton of expectations. Then he goes ahead and reels off four upsets in a row of top ten players. He's the first. He's the youngest player to have ever done that in ATP World Tour history. So the four players he knocked off were team ranked number eight at the time. Djokovic ranked number 10 at the time. Um, Alexander Zverev ranked three at the time. And then Anderson in the semifinals ranked number four at the time. Had he beaten Nadal, who's number one at the time, I think we might have all lost our minds that the young guns were officially <laughs> back. But Nadal brought him back down to earth, actually beat him on his birthday. A little oh, bit yeah, sad there. Sad. But uh, still, it just goes to show that if these young guns get hot and they have the game like a Tsitsipas does, they can reel off four wins in a row. And I think Tsitsipas, we always talk about him, but he's such a great talent as well because he has won um, titles on the hard court, on clay. He's made it far, far on pretty much all the surfaces. Grass, he's made it to the, the fourth round at Wimbledon. So I think he could be one of those all-court players that he could contend at pretty much all the majors as long as there's openings. Um, and then just to give you some perspective, so out of, out of the nine Masters 1000s last year, Young Guns only won two of them. 
but they were finalists in five of them. So only Monte Carlo, Cincinnati, and Indian Wells did not feature a young gun in the final. So this is to your point, Matt, that we are in a new era, and 2019 is where they finally break through. They've been doing it in the Masters 1000s, so why can't they finally just do it on the slams and best of five? So, And Zverev was the one that won most of those. Um, but still, they were finalists in five of them. That's pretty impressive. It'll so be just, see. I, sorry, just on your point, and I guess if you say amateur, it's your direction. It, <laughs> you mentioned Sissipas if he gets hot. And I think that's the biggest problem with these young guys. And it, 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 we look at the big four and we just think consistency, right? I mean, mm -hmm. they are expected to go deep. And these kids, we expect them to have to play out of their minds in order to compete and in order to go deep into these tournaments. When they're playing well, they're playing really well. and They're going to go far. But the, yeah, and I think part of it, most of it is probably just youth, right? And experience yep. youth. But consistency is always a big problem when, when you're younger like that. And so I think if anybody can get consistent, then they'll be immediately they'll be a threat. They all have the talent. They all have the skills to do what the big four have done. They're just not consistent. And so I think, yeah, towards your points, if they're not consistent, they're not going to do it. Right. And it's hard because you have to be consistent on both sides of the ball. You have to maintain that serve, protect your serve. Even when you have guys like Nadal and Djokovic returning it, right? You have to protect the serve, go big, not be conservative and wait for them to miss because quite honestly, the big four don't miss that much, right? If you're not putting them under pressure, if you're just giving them easy balls in the middle. And then to your point as well, they have to be big on the return. They have to take chances to break these guys. Federer's not just going to give you break points. You know, Djokovic, his serve, he's not just going to give you those opportunities. You have to create opportunities. And that means being um, taking those second serves, not just hitting them back willy-nilly, but going for something, coming to the net. Tsitsipas is, again, great game because he comes to the net. Zverev's been coming to the net more. they got to be aggressive. If they're not going to be aggressive, playing conservative, we've seen what that does. They're not going to beat these guys. They might make a final, but they're not beating the top guys. They need strokes. They need um, to create opportunities, like you said. So this is a big one as well that I didn't really realize until doing research for this. So 2018 saw zero, zero meetings between members of the big four. Now, I know Murray's injured, but still, we had zero Federer-Djokovic uh, finals, zero Djokovic-Nadal finals, which I think is even more uh, crazy because Nadal had such a good year. He led the the ATP world tour and ELO he's actually at his career ELO rating and Djokovic regained world number one. So somehow they just barely miss each other. Right. Nadal played a little bit better the first half of the year, Djokovic better the second half, but. Well, and they we didn't did, meet in the semis, didn't they? They sure. You're right. They met in the semis, but they did not meet. Sorry. Thank you for quite final me in a grand slam final, making it epic, gotcha. okay. epic okay. finals, like you're saying. Right. And that was because of the rating disparities ranking disparity because Djokovic wasn't quite at the high enough ranking to avoid Nadal in the semi. But still, it's crazy that we we didn't see that. Now, we saw Cincinnati, right? We saw Federer, Djokovic, and we saw some other big four matchups um, in some of those Masters events. But by far, in a way, it was either the Young Guns and the Masters 1000s finalists or the over 30 non-big four that each of the big four had a defeat. Um, so I want a prediction. Will we have a Grand Slam final between two members of the big four? Okay, so... Uh, I think there will be just be, you mentioned, uh, there was in the recent past, there has been some point disparity. So Djokovic was coming back from an injury. So he was ranked a little bit lower. So they ended up meeting in different times in the tournaments. Uh, so I think the top, the big three are bunched back up in the top rankings now. 
so they're on farther ends of the tournament, I think that'll get them, get them up higher farther yep. into the tournament. So I think that you'll see more matchups possibly than at least a better chance this year than there was this, yep. this past year. I agree. Um, 2017 only had one meeting. It was Federer beating Nadal in that epic five-setter in the Aussie Open, one of my favorite matches these past couple of years. That was, and that was at the beginning of the year. So really, it's been a couple of years now almost that we've had a big two members of the Big Four in the, in the Grand Slam final. And I agree with you. I think we will see one. I don't know if we're going to see more than one, though, because like you're saying, the rankings allow for that, but that's with no upsets, really. Like Right now, it'd be Djokovic and Nadal on opposite side of the draw. I don't know if we're necessarily going to see them in a bunch of slam finals this year. I agree we might see one, but I, like I said, I think also we're going to see some more upsets. We're going to see young guns going further, making some slam finals, and maybe an under 30 or over 30 guy winning it, like a chillage. So That's a good point. I'm going to agree with you as well. I'll go fact. We'll see one. But I think the era of seeing these top guys being in every single slam final together is gone. I think that era is past. Um, now, will the big four still be winning them? They're going to be favored every time they're in a final. So maybe we'll see. But yeah, that's, uh, I think this is the reality. And it's, it's unfortunate because these are the epic matches that we love, but they're going to be fewer and farther in between. We're going to have to really savor them when they do occur. So to close, we want to just kind of talk about our favorite matches of the year and why. So I'll give you a minute. You can go first and I, I can run through some of the matches that I thought were very uh, epic. If you're going to look at highlights on YouTube, these are the ones you should probably look at. <laughs> um, you, you want me to go first? So just yeah, so. go for it. All right. Well, my go-to would be uh, probably Rafa against team in the U.S. Open quarterfinals. Yep. That was uh, quite the match. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. If you didn't watch that match, then no words are going to explain how good it was. Right. So. <laughs> go watch breaker in the fifth enough said pretty much yeah <laughs> enough said. pretty much okay so i'll go um so interesting i pulled up ultimate tennis statistics.com and pulled up 2018 what their greatest matches are now their criteria is a little different than ours um it depends on the, the level of the tournament so obviously finals will be more weighted more than semis or below um as well as the players that you have in there and the rankings factor uh a player's career rankings factor um, and then also they have some formulas in there for the length of the match. So there are a lot of different variables, not necessarily all our favorite ones, but the best match that they had for this year was the 2018 Australian Open final between Roger Federer and Marin Cilic. And I got to agree, that is probably one of the best matches of the year. Federer was able to win that in five sets, but it was not easy. Cilic showed why I'm so bullish, using stock terms, on Cilic in 2019 and, and these Cilic and Dopo because... He was, he was able to, even though he lost the first set 6-2, he bounced back, won a tiebreaker. He did not play conservative. He hit some big winners. I was just actually watching YouTube uh, highlights of this recently. That's a good match right there. So they have that one as the best match. Second best match, they had Wimbledon, Djokovic beating Nadal in the semis, and he had to come back. That I remember waking up, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're playing. Turn on the TV, and Nadal was serving forward, about to win, and Djokovic came back and saved it. That that's an amazing match right there as well. I think that kind of altered the year because maybe Nadal would have won Wimbledon. Djokovic didn't return to number one. I think if you want to match the determined kind of rankings of the year, that has a lot in the balance. Um, I don't agree with their 
Number three match, they had Djokovic versus Delpo in the US Open final. I liked the match. I didn't think it was anything special. It was a three-setter. Yes. Um, even though Delpo had the momentum in the second set, the crowd was into it. He still lost that tiebreaker. Um, so I'm not going to go with that one. But maybe because Delpo, if he had he had won that match, it would have had some pretty big repercussions for, on his rankings and things. Um, it's funny they had the Nadal team match, but the wrong Nadal team match for number four. They had the Roland Garros final instead of the US Open uh, quarterfinal. Again, maybe they waiting the finals heavier and had team one would have had big repercussions. But again, that was just very straightforward three-setter. So I'm going to skip down. They have a lot of these, some of these straight sets because they were finals. Nadal Del Potro, uh, five-setter at Wimbledon where Nadal barely won. There were some amazing acrobatic points there. That's a highlight reel in and of itself. Um, yeah, we all already mentioned. Yeah, we already mentioned the Nadal team match, like you said at US Open. That was that's amazing match right there. Can I just go back to that match? Yeah, go back to that match. Nadal got bageled in the first. Yes. Set. If if you're sitting here listening to this and you're thinking, I didn't watch it, but I'm not that interested in it. He got bageled in the first set, and he still comes comes back and wins it. That's what I'm talking about consistency. That's what I'm talking about mental toughness with these big four anyway i'm sorry no ex- no exactly the, no the commentators were like has nadal ever been bagel before they were checking all the sets like is nadal going to mentally be able to come back like he is just not just beating but destroying but like you said they're the big four you know it's a grand slam quarterfinal he's not going to go down without a fight the team had his chances to be sure absolutely but he missed an overhead in the fifth set tiebreaker oh, and gosh. there you go you know that's that's the game and match. Spoiler alert. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Spoiler. Um, and then it has the great match, not my favorite match, but the great match of Anderson beating Federer, being two sets to love down on the grass to be Federer. And this is, again, why it, I think it's a little bit harder to be dominant in Wimbledon, like to your point, than being dominant at the French, because even though Federer was humming along beautifully, two sets to love, got this, Wimbledon on grass, if you're serving – and you just get in that momentum, and you're hard to break, you can't come back from two sets to live down. Not saying it's easy, but it's definitely doable. On the French, with the margins and with the more breaks, you don't see that very often. But on grass, Feder, it's happened to him twice now at Wimbledon. Once with Songa, 2011. Now, um, here with Anderson, it also happened at the US Open against Djokovic, but I think that was just some tight sets that went Feder's way early, and then Djokovic turned it around. But I mean, Federer's now lost, like I said, Anderson and Songa. These are not necessarily world-class players. They're great, but they are not your Djokovic and Nadal's. And they were able to do this to Federer on grass. Just goes to show it's hard. The game can get away from you. The points are short. If your serve's working and you get the attacking game going, you know, you can, upsets can happen, right? So I think that was a good reminder to us, even though it was a terrible uh, match as a Federer fan, it shows what, what grass court tennis can be if you go all attack mode. Uh, the next match they have is Wimbledon, Anderson versus Isner. I think that's rightfully said, even though it went a little bit ridiculously long in the fifth set. But now, not not anymore. It's going to go 12-12 will be the will be a tiebreaker at 12-all if that happens that's again. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then I even heard Australian Open is considering a fifth set tiebreaker, but a 10-point tiebreaker. Sorry, this is a little side note. So now then, if that was approved, it, I don't think it's going to be approved for this year, but maybe next year. Every single Grand Slam will have a different criteria for winning in the fifth set. Oh, that's so you, that's yeah, fun. so Australian Open will have a 10-point f- uh, tiebreaker in the fifth. French Open still has nothing. They feel like they're the last to adapt. They don't still don't have a roof on their 
courts. They're still going to go fifth set, uh, win by two. But, of course, French doesn't matter as much because you have more breaks. So I, I'm more on board with that. Wimbledon, now a tiebreaker at 12-all, so kind of in between. And then the U.S. Open, traditional tiebreaker in the fifth set. What's up? <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. We'll see if uh, Australian Open does that. I think they will because this game has become so physical Players need to have that tiebreaker, and it's better for the fans. Um, yeah. I think we've already talked about that before, but yeah. well, you just these people serve so hard and so fast. And so, yeah, when you get to a point when these huge long sets that it's like you're, we're not watching anything but serving practice. These people are all tired. Pretty much. And then it has. I'll end with uh, my personal non my personal favorite grand non Grand Slam match of the year: Djokovic defeating Federer at the Cincinnati or no, not Cincinnati. That was a blowout. Paris Masters. That match was insane. Federer saved like 10 or 11 breakpoints. He never got broken, but still lost the match. This is a good match, okay? You want to see some good net play? You want to see some good defense from Djokovic? This match had it all. People have even said, the commentators are even saying, this was one of the best matches that they've ever played on three sets. And it was the longest three-set match they've ever played in, in terms of length of time, in terms of hours. Highlights, this is a great match right here. Again, Federer lost it, but it was vintage fed, and it was vintage Djokovic so I'll just end with that 2018 had some fantastic tennis and we hope for a fantastic 2019 and hopefully we'll get to see it mixed up in terms of who's winning these tournaments we'll see some new slam winners some under uh some over 30 winners or maybe some young guns winning we will see but these are our predictions and until next time we'll see you on the court